sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. And uh, this is not Taylor Johnson's voice you're hearing. It is Doug McCary. Taylor is running a little late today. So I told him I would handle the introduction duties to start with. So I'm glad you joined us on this Tuesday. It is a beautiful day here in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm not sure about Meridian, Mississippi or up in Virginia or out west, but it is gorgeous here. Nice, sunshiny day, um, especially after the rain last week. We're glad to have that. Oh, I'm glad you're joining us today on SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And it was uh, started out of SWAT Bible studies, which meet uh, every week. We have five that meet during the week, uh, two on Wednesday, uh, two on Thursday, and one on Friday. Uh, the one Wednesday is at Wednesday morning. That's tomorrow morning, 6.30 a.m., out at Jack's Beach at the Woody's Barbecue on Solano Road. Then at lunch here at Salem Center at noon. Uh, we'll be meeting tomorrow. We'll be having Jersey Mike's if you want to join us there. Big thanks out to the Jersey Mike's on Beach Boulevard. Um, shout out to them and also to the Chick-fil-A who provides for our lunch. Those two great um, restaurants help us out. And then uh, Thursday morning at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, another great place to eat on San Jose. We meet there at 630. Then Thursday night, 7 p.m. SWAT Zoom. You have to email me at Doug at SWATradio.com to get a link to that. Then Friday morning, uh, we meet down in St. Augustine at 9 a.m. at the Village Inn. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to uh, maybe join us at one of those. If you're outside of Jacksonville and would like to join, you can join the Zoom. You just got to email me, Doug, at SWATradio.com, Doug at SWATradio.com. Before we get into the news today, I wanted to let you know again about our um, Walk Where Jesus Walked study tour in Israel, November 25th through December 5th, November 25th through December 5th, 2022. Uh, we will leave a, a group's leaving out of Jacksonville. we got a group leaving out of Mississippi and a group leaving out of Pittsburgh. Uh, so far, and uh, we're all going to meet in New York, go straight over from New York to Tel Aviv, and uh, we'll start start um, in the desert. We'll go there, and then we'll work up to Galilee, and then uh, back down Jerusalem, and uh, we would love for you to join us on this. It is a textual study tour. We're, our, our tour sites are driven by text, and, and we go to really see significant places in the biblical text and then uh, just kind of wind our way through the story. But um, the trip cost is approximately four to $5,000 depending upon class of service you go and what you want to, you know, where you go out of. But uh, we would love for you to join us on that walk where Jesus walked Israel experience study tour. Uh, Again, it's November 25th through December 5th, the day after Thanksgiving. So you can go uh, get all your Thanksgiving uh, food, and then uh, the day after, head with us over to Israel. We'd love to have you. 
Um, just a quick look at the news, uh, just especially here locally in Florida, although uh, just because it affects us here in Florida, I think people around the country are pretty happy about what Governor DeSantis did. He signed into a law um, that basically gives its uh, parental rights and education, uh, protecting them, uh, especially for kids K through 3. And uh, they call it the don't say gay law. But what it is, is actually a law that he um, got by is um, both parties bought into it. And he signed it into law um, that basically um, includes uh, instruction and in gender, sexuality and other issues. Um, basically, they, they put that aside for kids K through three. They can't do that. It prevents official instruction. In other words, the teachers actually taking them through some kind of curriculum that would be um, normalizing transgenderism uh, or uh, um, sexuality uh, part. It, it just it, it's very protective. And uh, kudos to uh, Governor DeSantis. Thank you for signing that. Thank you for the legislatures that voted for that. But boy, this has got the. Uh, all the the cultural uh, elites up in an uproar. Um, the one one of them wrote that the law could have far-reaching implications to children in other grades, uh, even without connecting LGBTQ issues. They're they're kind of freaking out over this thing, and um, they're they're upset. Why? Because we have a governor who is protecting the rights of the parents. Because schools should be teaching our children how to read how to write, how to do math, not indoctrinating them with um, with this kind of ideology, um, sexual perversion, and, and things that would certainly go against the design of God, whether it's transgenderism or homosexual marriage. So we're very grateful for our governor. Continue to pray for him uh, and pray for his, his uh, just his leadership, that he would continue uh, doing that it's just but it was a great great thing a lot of people upset including disney by the way and uh you're hearing conservative people call for people to uh boycott disney because get disney's like doubling down against this and uh they're, they're just really upset so continue to pray for governor DeSantis as we um as we uh continue to move forward in this uh big uh cultural it's, I, I don't guess it's a cultural revolution. It started as a revolution a long time ago, but we're, we've just really kind of gone off. I think we've hit a tipping point culturally as far as the sexual revolution. Um, but but thank goodness we got somebody like Governor DeSantis who is helping us um, and protect us in that way. So we're very grateful for him and the people of the legislature who voted for that. So let them know. Um, let them know. Let his office know. Be, be sure to let them know. Um, you know, it was said yesterday that uh, Russia was uh, withdrawing in some places, and it came out today they're not officially withdrawing. They are uh, actually redeploying uh, forces in and around Kiev. So uh, they uh, they gave the appearance of withdrawing, but they're, uh, they're still um, moving uh, in a offensive way over there. And by the way, Taylor just popped in. Taylor, 
We are glad you made it here <laughs> safely. I'm glad you uh, hopefully didn't break any speed limits or anything getting here. Well, I didn't get caught anyway, right? <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, we know nothing. We that, A lot of people don't know that reference. That was from Hogan's Heroes. Did you ever know of a show called Hogan's Heroes? I have heard of it. I never really watched it, though. I think my dad did, though. It was a great television program about uh, allied forces in German uh a prisoner of war camps. Uh, I, I have seen episodes then, yeah. yeah. It, it's okay. really funny. But, well, before you popped in, I was talking about uh, the uh, the law that DeSantis passed protecting parental rights mm-hmm. in the public education system here in Florida. And um, it's gotten a lot of national attention because uh, people on the left culturally are really upset, including Disney, by the way. Which, by the way, you know, if Disney's upset now, it's probably a good thing, mm. right? It's like if Hollywood gets upset, it's probably a good thing. Well, DeSantis said he wears that as a badge of honor when the, what they did at the uh, uh, Oscars, you know. Yeah. He was like, oh, he, I think, you know, he agrees with that sentiment, I would say. And, and Disney, I think, uniquely deserves some some retribution for, I mean, they're standing up for groomers, in a sense. as While being a children, you know, uh, uh, something that makes... Uh, content for children and families like I, I think there's something to be said for someone trying to organize some sort of boycott against them uniquely as you know hopefully to say hey open up your eyes well um dr moeller said florida is going to be ground zero for this fight mm-hmm. in other words you're going to see corporations come after the state of florida just like do you remember when they did the bathroom law and how they went after North Carolina. Yeah, or the uh, heartbeat bill in yeah, Georgia. Yeah, all yeah. that. Uh, the, they, they, they will mobilize and they will try to impact Florida. And so we need to pray for Governor DeSantis. We need to pray for the leaders of our state to stand firm. Because all they did was say, we don't need to be talking about this to K through 3. And if you change anything in a uh, student's, you know, like, care like say the student says they're vegan now and you're changing their meal you got to tell the parent first before you do that that was part i think part of it as well it was just parents need to be notified to any changes you make with your with their child mm-hmm. uh well and i don't know if you saw this but in lagrange illinois mm. not far from your stomping ground yeah. uh, there was a big controversy in the local school board about putting um, female products in public boys' bathrooms. Oh. Did you see that? Oh. <laughs> uh, and one parent showed up at the board meeting and said, listen, uh, boys don't need these products. So why do we put them in the boys' uh, bathroom or locker room? Because boys don't need those products. Right? Well, I mean, right? Uh, yeah. According to yes, I mean I'm saying biologically. Truth, yes, no, yeah. Biologically, boys do not need feminine products. Oh yeah, yeah. But according to the left, <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes there are boys, trans boys, quote unquote, that uh, do need these products. So they should be in the men's bathroom. <laughs> One father said, "Stop lying to the kids about the gender issue. Fix the baseball field and let's get on with life." <laughs> I mean, it's true. We the, the people are spending so much time on these ancillary issues that really are absurd. 
that they're not taking care of the things that are really important in the school system. So uh, that's why it's really important to know who's running for your school boards to be part of those process, both school boards and the local council meeting. That's why Stand for Jacks uh, is is uh, empowered and uh, continue yeah. to got a couple good a school board candidates. Yeah, yeah we do. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, make sure you are attuned to your local elections and when those are happening. Uh, otherwise, stay tuned. We will be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. That is David Crowder with Red Letters. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us in the first segment, we were talking a little bit about the news, what's been going on. Um, we're going to be getting into Acts uh, chapter 15. Verse Doug 1. was talking yeah. about the news. By the way, I heard you, you figured <laughs> out why uh, they pulled out of Chernobyl, huh? Uh, I heard that's when I walked in. You were talking about uh, Russia yeah. pulling their forces back, apparently for a remobilization. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, they were just yeah, that's uh, they they weren't really withdrawing at all. Yeah, it, it was just uh, and you see sometimes military forces do that. Mm-hmm. They, they'll kind of pull back just a little bit, regroup, and then make yep. another counteroffensive. So uh, anyway, um, you know we are in the book of acts this week and we're in chapter 15 which is a pretty big book actually as far as like uh chapter i mean chapter we uh yeah it's a pretty big chapter because um it deals with the whole issue of adding to the gospel which today you know most people in our culture would that are in the evangelical culture would say they believe in only Jesus. But our lives tend to reflect a workspace mentality. Uh, if you talk to people who were like it, just people out in the community who maybe you don't know them from church or whatever, if, if people think you are spiritual and they want to impress you, because they think you are a Jesus person, they don't tell you about Jesus. 
about how much they know mm. about Jesus. What most people will do will say, well, I try to live a pretty good life, or I don't smoke, or I don't drink, or I don't do drugs, or I don't cuss, or I don't whatever. So that re- really reveals a works-based mentality a lot of times that we see. And I was talking to a brother um, the other day uh, who who knows the purity of the gospel he believes it, but he said, even I fall into that trap of feeling that it's Jesus, but I somehow I still have to do something. I, and I, I don't know if it's just because we're geared that way, if we're our culture kind of molds us to be workers, people who have to work it out, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, kind of a thing. But Paul is very clear in his letters and how he deals with, especially Galatians, what he wrote primarily to deal with adding uh, the law to grace. Because once you add something to grace, it's no longer grace. You can't add anything to it. And and so that's what we looked at yesterday, really, in the first part of how they responded when these false teachers came up from Jerusalem to Antioch and how Paul and Barnabas stood firm. They stood firm against false teachers. And you would, you and I have had many discussions about false teachers in our culture. And I believe you would agree that uh, many people don't have the stomach to stand firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they just don't have the stomach to stand firm over something like the purity of the gospel. And and I wonder why that is. Yeah. I, I wonder why it is that if it's something people have died for over the years, why people today feel such, um, they, they feel such a, a lack of conviction to stand firm against false teachers. Yeah. I think there's a few reasons. One, you know, the leaders in the church um, have, you know, catechize them into thou shalt be nice being the 11th commandment and so to confront is something that's foreign to a lot of people but also um just education wise and stuff and how the church talked about is talked about excuse me is you know like oh to to be take that seriously is is a bad thing you know what i mean to take the purity of the gospel seriously to take your faith seriously is almost a bad thing and so i think there's a lot of people who are just like well you know we want to keep unity even though if someone's not a brother, you can't, can't unify with them. But we want to keep unity with anyone who claims to be a Christian. And at the same time, you know, we can't be mean to people because what they're really espousing is a synthesis with the culture. And well, we kind of accept some of the things of the culture as well. Have you ever been tempted to add to the gospel in your life that you remember? No, I don't No. Like you have to be baptized to be saved, or you have mm. to go to this church to be saved, or you have to do this to be saved? No. Uh-uh. I mean, we went to a church at one point, and then we left it because we found out that they were, you know, have to be baptized to be saved uh, type people. Uh, so, no, I never really have. Um, you know, and I think the greater tempting for most people in the culture is um, the opposite. You know, you don't have to do anything to be saved to want to fall into that so that you can then live 
live the lustful life that you want. So there's been. Well, and you don't have to do anything to be saved, but you have to do something because you are saved. Yeah, exactly. There's a difference between fruit and even the thief on the cross had fruit in his life. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I, you know, is amazing is when you think about the thief on the cross, if before he confessed Christ, you had to take a wager on he could bear fruit in his life. Mm-hmm. You would not take that bet right? because he's dying. Mm-hmm. But even the thief on the cross bore fruit in his life when he rebuked the other thief. Yeah, so I guess I was uh, kind of alluding to a radical grace, which is like you can you know, be a Christian and live however you want. But no, you're, you're called to a different life, right, a, a different way of living. Not that that means anything for your salvation so i wasn't but it's a response yeah Mm -hmm. and that's that's the difference is the response like if if somebody says hey listen you know what you need to be baptized in obedience to christ's command but as a response of your salvation i have no problem with that but when somebody says you're not saved if you're not baptized now you're adding a work to it because you're saying if that person isn't baptized then then they can't be saved which is what is the difference between saying if you don't if you're not circumcised mm-hmm. i mean what's the difference really because that's what they told those people we read it yesterday they said unless you're circumcised you can't be saved it's the same thing yeah and i think you know there's obviously people like the thief on the cross right like he wasn't baptized by water right because I mean, he couldn't have been right now is there something though to your thinking that would say like god commands that we be baptized so we should be baptized not as a you know assurance of salvation or anything like that but it's something that we should do what if there's someone who's like i refuse to be baptized well then i i would take the questioning with them well why why are you refusing to obey christ because certain people say that you must be baptized to be saved so i'm not going to be baptized well, you don't get baptized to get saved. It's, you get baptized to be obedient right. to his commands because he's commanded us to be baptized. He's commanded us to take communion and to do that in remembrance of him. So by not doing that, he says, if you love me, you'll obey me. So, But there's a, there's a, there's a subtle jump. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if it's subtle necessarily. There's a jump of when you go from you do this in response to you do this in order to right. there's a big exactly. difference between mm-hmm. those two. And so what these men were doing in Acts 15 is they were saying you've got to be circumcised and then in Jerusalem they said you got to keep the law. So they not only added circumcision, they said you got to keep the law as well. And we saw yesterday Paul and Barnabas stood firm. In fact in Galatians 2:5 Paul said we did not yield even for a moment. So he wouldn't even yield for a moment on that issue. It was so important. He said, even if I come to you with a different gospel than I presented the first time, let me be accursed. And so that's what we saw yesterday as God's kingdom priest, that we are to stand firm against false teachers. But also uh, in that text yesterday, we saw that we are to seek wisdom from leaders in our community of faith. When we have issues of uh, especially spiritually divisive matters, we need to go to the leaders 
for information and how we respond rather than just go buy a book at a bookstore or go online and try to get information because the church is a guardian of the truth. The church is the buttress of truth. In fact, um, that's what Paul did and Barnabas. They went, um, even though it says in Galatians 2, uh, Paul had a revelation. I'm going to have you reread the first part, just verses 1 through 5, actually. Verses 1 through 5 today of chapter 15, as we look at uh, this second principle of seeking wisdom from leaders in the faith community. All right. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So as being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. Okay, so I want you to take notice of the fact that Paul and Barnabas and some others were appointed to go to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders. So being sent on their way by the church. So there's a big difference between Paul and Barnabas and the men who came up from Jerusalem. Notice when the men came up from Jerusalem, we discussed it yesterday, they came without any authority. Now Paul and Barnabas go down to Jerusalem or up to Jerusalem with the authority of the church sending them to seek answers on this issue. So when we come back from the break, we'll we'll kind of delve into that a little bit. All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, B-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to let you know that you can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without you. This is, that is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 12 this week. Yesterday we focused mainly on verses 1 through 5. Um, today we're in there as well. Um, talking um, about now, I just blanked on what we were talking about right before the break. Oh, I'm getting okay. old. Let me give you a hint. All right, <laughs> it's Acts, yeah, chapter fifteen, and we were talking about the uh, seeking wisdom from the faith community yes, leaders yes. and how they went down mm-hmm. to Jerusalem 
and up. they went with the authority. They went up to Jerusalem. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. They went up to Jerusalem. I should know that because I've been there. <laughs> with the authority of the Antioch church, which was a stark contrast to the men who came from Jerusalem to Antioch that came without the authority of the Jerusalem church. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really important um, that when you have – matters that are spiritually divisive where do you go i mean our tendency today is to jump on google or try to do internet research and gather information that really really has no relational filters or authoritative filters through it um not that we can't get information from guys that are respected in the community uh, as far as the spiritual community, like pastors and teachers. But if there's a divisive issue in your area, you need to go to your faith community leaders and say, hey, how do how do we approach this here? Because the the truth is that these men... Uh, came in from Jerusalem, they started stirring up everything by saying, hey, it's not enough just to be saved by faith alone, by God's grace alone. It, it, it is something they've got to be circumcised as well. And Paul and Barnabas say no. It says they had no small dissension. They had no small debate about it. They were They were vigorously defending against this. And so the elders said, we're going to send Paul and Barnabas and some others up to Jerusalem and seek wisdom from who? James, Peter, John, the leaders of the church there. Why was that? That was the mother church. It was the, it was, uh, it was the foundational church. Who had been given the keys to the kingdom at that point? Peter. Peter and the leaders there. So it wasn't just Peter, but it was the, it was the leaders themselves they had been given the keys to loose, and so they they would be the ones to go to. Why? When Paul wrote Timothy in First Timothy three, he says, "Timothy, if I delay, you, you you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of truth. The church is the guardians of truth spiritually." And, and so if the church fails to guard that truth and doesn't hold to the purity of the gospel, we got real problems. Now, in our culture, church is used very loosely. There's a lot of places that would call themselves churches that don't even teach the Bible. Yeah. They just get guys that stand up, that give some feel-good messages. Um, they give good stories. They use the same words that you and I use, but they have different definitions. And so it's really important, whatever church you're a part of, that the church you're a part of teach God's word contextually and authoritatively. Like it's the word is the authority, not the pastor. So the pastor's role is to interpret the word contextually in accordance with the way it was originally intended to be heard by the the audience back then. So 
pastor doesn't have a right to change it. He doesn't have he he is a vehicle that by the power of the Holy Spirit simply explains the truth as God has revealed that truth in language and context. And so they seek that wisdom from that church in Jerusalem. So Paul and Barnabas go. And uh, on the way there, you read this, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria. And while they were going through, they described to them the conversion of the Gentiles. And they rejoiced. They were excited that these pagan people came into the kingdom. And then you read in verse 5, but some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees in Jerusalem rose up and said it is necessary to circumcise them and in order that and order them to keep the law of Moses. Now they've just completely obliterated the grace message. Because once you add anything to it, it's no longer grace alone. And they they they've made it Jesus plus something. And that is a problem because that's not what Jesus wanted to be the message. It's not what Paul taught them. And so they seek wisdom. And what we're going to see tomorrow is how Peter steps up and addresses the issue. Because what happens in Jerusalem is they go back and forth, back and forth, debating this issue with apparently these false brothers. Remember we read in Galatians that Paul says they were false brothers who were there. And Peter and James and John and the other apostles, they're all having this discussion, but Peter's not really taking a vocal lead, except he's about to in verse 6, and we're going to look at that tomorrow. But the principle in today's text, really, verses 2 through 4, is just seeking wisdom from leaders, not going necessarily to Google or out on your own trying to find answers but I think sometimes we can have a tendency to do that, right? Well, yeah, and I think especially in the setting that we have now, right? Like how many like solid churches that are, you know, teaching uh, biblically uh, and have a vibrant community around them, how many do you think there are in the country that are like just really solid? I couldn't even begin to tell you. I I would say very few. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, my wife and I were talking about it yesterday. There's a lot of churches that teach the Bible, mm-hmm. but teaching it contextually, holding people accountable to it, uh, reproducing and making disciples, planting churches, doing those things that we've been commanded to do. You don't find very often. Yeah, and I so I I can sympathize with people who end up you know looking to maybe people who are more national leaders because they don't have any connection with the church they go to right like there's mm-hmm. they don't have connection with the pastor or with you know any of the elders because mm-hmm. there's there's a disconnect in in the body locally. Um, but th- that being said, that what you say is still correct that mm-hmm. you know there's a way that the church should function and operate. And, you know, so I, I do understand that it's difficult for people because the church has been, uh, you know, dysfunctional for you know, quite a while. Well, and one thing to keep in mind is back then. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, they didn't have 
Romans, mm-hmm. Galatians, Hebrews, they, they didn't have those letters yet, right, that yeah. you and I have access to. And there was the church in Antioch, right? Like there's obviously there's, – there's a community there, and it's not like, well, I'm just going to go to this other church with whatever. It's We have to fellowship with each other. We have to be under church authority and discipline, uh, whereas now people are just like, eh, I'm going my own way. Uh, so, yeah, they, they don't have uh, the same – uh, scripture, you know, the scripture has, stuff hasn't been wrote yet, right? So the the fullness of scripture has not uh, been revealed. But at the same time, uh, there is communally uh, a little bit different of a scenario to where you know, hey, we we got to work together, um, or you know, work things out, and not just, it's not just a breaking up of the church. There's a little bit more of a community there, uh, whereas we're more isolated today. You know? Yeah, we we're much more isolated. Um, and, you know, one of the things that Paul and Barnabas probably struggled with, it appears like when Paul says to make sure he didn't run in vain, was he gets back, Barnabas and Paul get back, and they're hearing that they they got to be circumcised, which was not the message that they just spent the year and a half taking to people. I mean, Paul was the Pharisee of Pharisees mm-hmm. before he had his Damascus Road experience. And now, can you imagine having this big experience and then going, taking this message of grace to people that you've just realized, the passion that he must have felt as he did that, being stoned, I mean, and all this stuff, only to come back and have people say, hey, uh, these people got to be circumcised too, and they got to keep the law. I mean, it's like, well, wait a minute, what did we just spend the last year and a half doing? Have you ever felt like you just did something and it was a complete waste of time? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why you're saying to make sure that we, um, I mean, it, it was, it was pretty much, this is a, this was something worth fighting for. And they did. And that's why they ended up going to Jerusalem because they wanted to make sure, uh, that they hadn't run in vain. So they went back to see, Hey, is this really coming from you guys? Or is this just these guys operating independently? Yeah, and, I, you know, I could see why there would be a question for them, too, as far as, you know, God, how he, you know, God's people had, for the longest time, you know, been Israel and, and Jews. And so the law was huge and, and tantamount. And so then with kind of Jesus coming and, and the influx of uh, change into as in bringing the Gentiles and stuff, there's probably a... a a, there there had to have been a time of okay well how how does God want this to play out and so this coming up and then appearing to come from uh, you know Judea like oh wait there's <laughs> something you know that we were not on the same page on and uh, you know so I, at, for us looking back at it it's like okay well clearly this is wrong but at the time I think there was probably a real question of how do we proceed you know so I don't yeah know. I could see why they'd be well, confused, right? Yeah, right. not just confused, but even angry. Yeah, I mean, at, at what they had been doing, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, but what did they do? They went to Jerusalem to go to hear from the horse's mouth. Is yep. this really from you guys? Which is something we should always do. Yeah, right. If somebody mm-hmm. comes and says they're representing something, go to the horse's mouth. Don't just take somebody's word, especially if it's something so radically different than what you believe the truth to be. Amen. All right. We are up against the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more 
in just a moment. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is All My Hope by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you were just joining us, we're looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 12 this week. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, and just as a reminder to people that this this was such a a big issue i mean this is the very foundation of the christian faith i mean the thing that makes true biblical christianity different from every other religion in the world is grace alone grace alone and this this would have undermined it now there's another issue that popped up and you don't really see it in acts But Paul alludes to it over in Galatians 2 when he says in verse 11, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. And what he was saying is that Peter used to eat with the Gentiles. He did. He broke bread with them. Um, They had not been um, circumcised, but they had been converted. And uh, this, this was a big deal that Peter pulled back from doing that because he got afraid or there was something, and he even led Barnabas astray from that. And so Paul confronted him um, because Peter was not only doing something wrong for his own life, he was misleading others. And I find it uh, really 
powerful that Paul confronted him about that and said, no, you can't do that. So uh, he was upset. Uh, he was upset about it, um, not just from personal anger. It was, I think, a righteous anger um, because Jesus and God have spoken that there is no Jew or Gentile. There's just one. And so by doing what he did, he almost reinforced their belief that, yes, there is a distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there's not. In Christ, there's one. You're either a believer or not a believer. Um, so uh, I, I think that um, – and, and I'm not really sure where that issue took place. I don't know if it was during this exact time or shortly after that, mm. but it – it had to be somewhere close to that amount of time, you know, because Paul addresses it in Galatians 2, uh, where he's talking about Galatians 2. So, you know, if you wonder, like, if if you're out there and you ever wonder about the gospel and why we're saved, just ask the question, are we saved by the grace of God in and through Jesus simply because we believe yes or no i mean that that that's what it boils down to are we are we saved and redeemed by believing the message of jesus and in jesus as our messiah in other words we receive him as our messiah we it's just god's grace and our faith in jesus you know, for by grace are you saved through faith. And and that's really what the question boils down to. Has Jesus Christ, by his death and resurrection, done everything necessary for my salvation? Yes or no? These are the questions we need to be asking. If If you have to add something to that, then you're diluting the gospel or you're adding to the gospel. Are we saved partly through the grace of God and partly through our own works, our religious activity, our performance? Um, or are we saved through grace alone, you know, through faith alone, or through a mixture of it? Um, so I, I think when we start struggling with those questions about is is this legalistic or not, well, that's where we go. We have to ask that question. How does this take away or add to what jesus did we can't add to it or take away it is stands on its own his death burial and resurrection according to the scriptures is the only thing necessary for us to be received into god's family um god chose us before the foundation of the world we have a responsibility to respond i don't know how that works together with his sovereignty but it does but you can't do anything to add to what Jesus has already done. Otherwise, that's legalism. And Paul was very fierce in his dissension against that when they tried to say, you have to be circumcised. So, And I think when they got together with the people in Jerusalem, they clarified. They said, hey, here's the bottom line. You know, and we're going to see that this week at SWAT. The the four things they said were really necessary. Um, but those things necessary weren't the things uh, necessary for 
salvation, those things were the things necessary for fellowship with each other. And there's a distinction between those things, too. Yeah. And when I think about, you know, uh, where we're at today, um, the impulses in the other direction as far as where the the false teachings coming from. And yeah. so then there's the there's going to be the reaction to jump almost into legalism. Right. And so it's yeah. a good reminder that, you know, the 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 reaction to anti uh, nomianism shouldn't be legalism, right? Yes. There is a way in the middle. And what we're talking about here is, you know, Paul and Barnabas laying that out and defending that, um, which is that, you know, Christ is the only way. And yes, we should uh, live, respond to his grace and uh, the salvation that he's, he's given us by living for him. And that means certain things. Um, it doesn't mean we just, you know, do whatever we want and sleep around however we want to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean okay, we're saved by, we must do this, and if we don't do this, well, then, well, we're outside of uh, the gospel type thing uh, to where it's, like, uh, legalistic. Like, if you don't, if you walk seven paces on the Sabbath, well, you're going to hell type thing. So there, that, that that's two ditches to fall in that we got to be careful about, especially in a time of radical antinomianism where it's like, you know, you can be a homosexual and, and be a Christian. Uh, you can be effeminate and you can inherit the kingdom of god right mm-hmm. uh, so it, we're in a radical place as far as that goes and so the the temptation is going to be to jump into uh, another ditch and so we got to watch out for that yeah it, you know when we did those food outreaches you know we would go around to the cars and share the gospel with people there was an enormous amount of gospel confusion mm-hmm. uh because Almost, I'd say 80 to 90% of the people I talked to would say, yes, I'm a Christian. But if you ask people, well, if you died right now and God said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say in response to that? Most of the people would say, well, I've tried to live a pretty good life. Mm. And they immediately go to a works-based mentality, even though they know about Jesus, even though they know Jesus died on the cross, and they would profess that they believe that. But their hearts are geared toward work. Because a lot of people have been conditioned in our country to believe that if they simply assent to the facts about Jesus, then they're true believers in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The people in the Bible who followed Jesus, who believed in Jesus, and really had the belief that was new life belief, I call it, um, those people didn't just believe that Jesus said he was the Messiah and he died on a cross and he rose again. They really believed he was Messiah and the only thing necessary for them to have a right relationship with God. And if you were to ask those people, they would have said, well, um, eh, just, you know, if they died and would stand for God, well, because of Jesus. It's only because yeah. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's the only thing that makes it possible. Uh, you and I are um, sinners. We're flawed, we're broken, 
we will never be good enough to do anything to merit any kind of favor from God. The only thing that gives us that security of, of knowing is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He keeps his promises. God's always kept his promises. God prophesied he was going to do it. He sent his son according to the scripture. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Jesus died according to the scriptures. He was raised again according to the scriptures to fulfill all those prophecies. So we can rejoice in that. Do you know anybody that's ever rejoiced in legalism? Anybody that's ever been happy to believe that they had to keep a certain set of rules and they had joy about that? Do we sing any hymns about legalism? All the Think about the hymns we sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, not somebody who could do anything. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Not I was blind, but now I've done this and I see. It's the grace of God. It's grace alone through faith alone. And I hope that if you're out there and you've never bowed your heart to the grace and gospel life-giving message of Jesus, that you would do that today before you end your day. Because he's waiting. He just wants you to trust him and him alone. Amen. All right, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.